It's been a long road. I'm just kidding. Trace New World season one is at an end, but that doesn't mean we can't party. The captain's going to be here, especially special guest Joe Townsell. Let me ask you this. If I go back in time and get myself a high five, will I be, like, respecting myself? Hmm. Talk about that after the jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Commander's Log, presented by Geek Renaissance, Flobo Boys, the Chief Communications Officer of the USS Post Show. But it's not about me, it's about the captain looking live, because captain, it's on the bridge. What's up, sir? Mr. Boyce, what a pleasure it is to be once again on the bridge with you, running things where everything always goes so smoothly and so artistically, yeah, charismatically wonderful. I love it, man. I love it. You wore my heart. We even get started yet. So you believe it? 10 weeks is already over with. I remember doing the first episode in a hotel room in Florida, and we made it, Captain. I I am so unhappy that the first season of this Star Trek show is only 10 episodes. I love it. I am so desperate to see season two. Ooh, that's a hot take. But who has hot takes? But our special guest this evening, you may know him as world class author or common or uncommon or rare or special correspondent of Trek Tonight Show, which is part of the Star Base 80 kind of Twitter thingy affiliate, like the Wu Tang Clan. Not really in the Wu Tang Clan, it's like adjacent to the Wu Tang Clan. Anyway, please welcome author Joe Telson. What's going on, Joe? Hello, guys. It's so great to be back on Commander's Login. It's been a while. As a matter yeah. of fact, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. Although uh, under the category of um, great minds thinking alike, Flobo, you stole my joke that I was gonna do at the top of your show. And but here it is anyway, because we had a few <laughs> false starts getting uh, getting me on the on the commander's yeah. side because the thing is going on with yeah. me in my life. But I'm gonna do it anyway. So here we are. We got it going, and it's been a long road. <laughs> Getting from, from there, there to here. <laughs> so it's 4 p.m. on the West Coast. Apparently, we're already drunk. Uh, going live on <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. Sorry, Facebook, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of all things, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Let you know your comments are definitely appreciated. We're going to talk about all that cool stuff about episode 10 of Quality of Mercy. But before we get to that, Joe Townsend, let me ask you a question. We're at the end yes, of the sir. road, season one. How do you feel about Strange New Worlds? You know what John said part of it just now. I mean, I, I predicted this before it got started because I knew the format. I knew what they were going for. They have succeeded. Mm. And that is that. Go ahead, uh, Barry Horowitz. Unlike, yeah. <laughs> well, unlike, unlike the serialized versions, which can tend to drag and make us impatient, I'm reminded of a an episode title from season one of TNG, and that is Too Short a Season. Um, oh, wow. And nice. it is because I, I, I knew we were going to feel this way at the end. 
and we do and that's great because it's been it's been a great ride i think the weakest one for me was still real strong i mean i, I didn't come out of the thing oh that sucked wait what right. was that what was the hot take what was that Elysian Kingdom? that was the um the title i'm gonna mangle the title but it was the basically the storybook the Elysian um, king yeah a lot of people Elysian, like that yeah. episode i actually liked yeah. it though but for what it was but you're right it was somebody strong yeah yeah, while I'm on the topic, I was gonna I was gonna bring this up um when you guys went oh. over um um far beyond the stars. I'll just I'll just do it now. Why keep you in suspense? You probably oh, heard just... it by now anyway from others. Let's go, baby. But in that episode, there was an Easter egg, which I don't think has been mentioned by any of us at least. And that is that the storybook was written, in fact, by Benny Russell. And I'm a dunce. Who's that? Well, I guess you don't <laughs> know yet. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Because that's relevant to your upcoming episode you're looking at at Starbase 80 on Sunday. And I'll just say this much. I don't spoil it for you, Flobo, but it it's it has an impact, meaning like what seemed to be a fictional character within the Star Trek universe seems to be a real guy after all. So, well, wow. I still want my Buck Bokai rookie card, so I'm putting it <laughs> Same question. We're at the end of the road there. Season one, we feel about this season, Stranger Worlds. Did it hit the mark? Did it miss? Where did it land? You know, I um I'm a I'm a guy who likes the restaurant more than the meal. Oh wow. Uh, Classy some bitch. <laughs> I mean, I I I like when you go to a restaurant, there's mm-hmm. there's usually been someone who put together that menu. It's not just it, it's not just we just added things as we went. There's usually a sense of coordination and a sense of theme. And, uh, you know, everything in this restaurant uh, uses all organic uh, ingredients. Everything in this restaurant is locally sourced. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, um, we we cook individually. We don't, uh, you know, we don't mass produce food. And one of the things that I love so much about Strange New Worlds is you got a lot of the ground broken with uh, Discovery. Right. Uh, so you've got um, Kurtzman and and all the people working with him, and they sort of have a sense of what their they set their taste, they set their um, you know sort of habits of how they do things, and and I kind of feel like Strange New Worlds. I I'm sorry, I'm using weak language. I definitely feel like Strange New Worlds is the culmination of everything that everyone in Star Trek is doing right now. Bro, you know how they apologize for, for bad grammar. I talk good English. I totally get you. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally great. I think we're at a point where they really have figured out how to make the perfect Star Trek show, and this is it. Strange new worlds. Wow, I feel like you you come around on some level, right? Because you were kind Big of like time. Leanna and Singh. It was kind of thing. I'm still Big pretty time. much on the fence, but maybe I'm just a hater and I'm a discovery apologist. But I'm no, still I think, I think Discovery and um, Picard are going to have to step it up a little bit after, after this season of Strange New World. So let me ask you this, Joe Townsville. Okay, you know <laughs> I bring on the show as a guest to totally berate you. I apologize, <laughs> but like, I love it. <laughs> but, but I think for someone who didn't have those memories, didn't have a reference to how it classically was, there were some episodes that were fun. There was good interactions, but storytelling was kind of wonky because it was episodic. Some storylines were pretty much abandoned, cut off at the knees for a couple weeks. Is that necessarily things we got to give it a pass for because it has a lot of those nostalgia elements? I don't think it's anything to give the pass for, but it is worthwhile uh, acknowledging. But I will attribute it not to the episodic nature of the series, 
But again, to the fact that it's the season is so short, mm. it almost feels abbreviated at times. The opposite mm. of what we experience in sometimes in the serialized series. Yeah. 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 yeah I agree. Here, you know, boom, boom, boom. Here we are. Okay. Well, that was all great. But I wish, I, you, know, leave, you know, leave one more. Right. But yeah. Right. All right. right. Yeah. Pardon Talk me. Uh, there is a, there's a joke going around online and um, I, the first part of the joke was, look, I know a lot of people don't want to see a 29 episode season, but how else are you going to get, they land on a planet where it's all gangsters and it's shot on the Fox back lot. And, you know, how are you going to get those really ridiculous scenes? I've I've heard about Elysium Kingdom. Somebody said, um, hey, the costume guy said we can use all of these medieval costumes for free. Can you guys write an episode that goes with that? Very TOS. <laughs> and, and very TOS. Very much so. And, um, and as a fan, you know, and as an old time fan, just like Joe is, uh, I always loved that. I always loved that kind of ragtag... Uh, we threw a bunch of things together. Um, it, it's it uses characters you love. It uses a setting, a basic sci-fi setting that you love. How, what do you think? And you know, there were times during the Next Generation or during um, Deep Space Nine where I'd be like, oh, I don't want to watch this. I want to. I want to see my space battles. I want to see my exploring. I want to see all that. But now that I'm older. I don't know. Now that Trek, Trek is older too. That's me, man. <laughs> now I'm at the point where it's like, I like it all. The silly stuff where La'an is a princess, a little purse dog, and she's throwing <laughs> little fits because she doesn't get her way. I love it. I love it all. Um, and uh, to what you were saying, Flobo, um, actually where this episode ends is a perfect example of they arrest Una for illegally being in Starfleet while being an enhanced, you know, a, a biogenetically enhanced uh, being. And they put that story on the shelf like weeks ago. Yeah. That's, I thought it was kind that's of a been nowhere. So it's, it's kind of interesting that they had to go, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That was illegal. And she could get like jailed for that. So that's where we'll end. Yeah, that's illegal. Uh, I mean, it's a good point. We'll try to touch upon that before we get out of here. But let's talk about the story itself. Uh, your man Pike, that silver, sexy fox, has an opportunity to see a very young Mott al-Salah, and he kind of has a freak-out moment because I, too, have panic attacks when I hang out with children. But it turns out the reason why <laughs> is because he was from that time where you get those, those cadets were pretty much injured in the day of his disfigurement. So we all, yeah. I thought it was going to be a, a retrospective, a reflective episode, but we got to see... Anson Mount, and dare I say, one of the best uniforms I've seen ever. Star Trek II style, baby. Uh, Joe Townsend, walk me through this. Pike sees older, wiser, broken down Pike and puts him on a time adventure a la Bill and Ted. Well, you know what? I mean, um, first of all, you uh, just a quick mention of the uniform. It was a nice reworking of the movie era uniform that yeah. grew, obviously, from this batch of current uniforms because, you know, you might have noticed the Shoulder patterns and stuff were the same. So just nice attention to details what I'm getting at. Um, as far as the, the, the uh, story itself, listen, I mean, um, you know what? I, at no point I think, well, this is weird. This is coming out of left field. And um, the Klingon crystal, okay. I mean, I, I guess I want to be a Bajoran crystal, but th that is where we, where we are with that. <laughs> I still um, want a Bajoran Hesperat, bro. I understand. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> 
but no, I mean, I, I thought that was handled so well. I mean, the um, the little bit of makeup they use. I mean, it was just the attention detail was was great. As far as older Pike coming to Warren younger Pike, nothing ham you know um, ham handed or uh, phony about it. I thought that was a, a great element, uh, framing element for this episode and this story, and a logical way for Pike to see. Hey, you take the path not taken, you know may not may not be the path to go that way either, or maybe even worse. And we got yeah. there in one episode versus ten of Picard. So. Ooh, right. well, Picard oh, cool. is a is a mess and a half, but that's another ah. other time. <laughs> Learn more at Picard. Part of the <laughs> thingy. We love it, but got to point it out. You know, it's, Ooh, it's I'll give you every show at once. Is all about. Like, sometimes you have a two part. Sometimes you have an arc. But you right. need. Oh. Oh, there you, uh, Joe. What was that last thing you said? You froze for a little bit for us. Okay, sorry about that, guys. No, I'm just saying that's what that's what the episodic advantage is, is that, you know, sometimes you might have a two-parter or, or an arc, but you get there in a, not a rushed, but just a, in a, a satisfying uh, frame of, you know, uh, amount of time. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. I thought again, uh, answer Flobo's question, uh, you know, frazzled older Pike who caused, you know, a major war um, when they were whoops. one before. Yeah, whoops, oopsie. <laughs> uh, <you know? laughs> Handled real well, in my opinion. I, I, I have no complaints there. I was really actually so pleased with that because it was very clever, clever. Mm -hmm. uh, because what they did, and I wish I'd known this was coming up because it would have changed what we were watching mm -hmm. on Starbase 80, Flobo. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask about that. <laughs> it, I didn't see this coming at all. We basically see because Christopher Pike has changed his future, we see how he would have handled the original series Star Trek episode Balance of Terror. Yep, right. And how that would have played out. And what an incredibly interesting approach to it, especially because they include James Kirk. It's you crazy. know what? Let's go right into it. James Kirk, I don't know about you, but maybe I was expecting a little more. How can you look for someone to ever encapsulate full-on Billy Shats? But this guy, I could get, because when I was younger, or when I was, by younger, I'm like a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. and I saw The Cage, and I saw The Menagerie, and I saw the TOS series, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that Kirk was fun and swashbuckling and Pike was a stiff. But now it seems to have flipped. That Pike is actually the cool, like, uh, compassionate guy. Kirk is a cocksure swashbuckler to its own detriment. Thoughts about Kirk? John, let me know. Um, if you're going to look for any kind of uh, fan pushback, here it is. Hashtag not my Kirk. Oh snap! Oh, what's that? Is that meme? The, what's the meme go? Oh. <laughs> Don't insult. Oh. <laughs> you did that so perfectly. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me do my part. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, look this this guy's great. Um, uh, you know, a uh, perfectly good looking guy. But I don't. I, mm, uh, th there's no nice way of putting this. You should have done some push-ups, bro. Whoa! If you're gonna say you're Kirk, you better have a chest and some shoulders, man. Wow! You'd better you'd better look like something other than an actor. I I blame the casting more than I blame the actor. I think the actor also internally was doing good work, but externally, I'm like, oh, this pretty boy over here, please. 
Oh, okay. So, Joe Tells, let me ask you this. Are you yes. going to drag this, Kirk, because ah. the USS, what's it called, Farragut doesn't have a good gym program or what? Ah. <laughs> you can well, do push-ups it's, anywhere. It's interesting <laughs> that you ask about that. You, you bring the uh, the Farragut into your question, Flobo, because I agree with John uh, for the most part. But I will say this. When we first saw Ethan Peck in Discovery, that was going to be a tough sell for me, and, and he did it. He won yeah. me over. Well, he had a beard. Um, I understand. And you know what? In terms of the uh, in-character reference, you know, maybe just being on the Farragut instead of the Enterprise at that point in history, maybe that just kind of diluted Kirk a little bit. It is, an, it is an alternate timeline after all. Oh, okay. We haven't seen the real Kirk yet. Can I? I'm just going to kick in real quick. Um, maybe, but here's the thing. One of the things that Ethan Peck does so well is mm -hmm. he said, I'm going to give you a variation of Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. And Zachary Quinto did the same thing. And they, um, you know, they try to do the body language very much the way Nimoy did. Um, you can especially hear it in Ethan Peck, uh, like during the uh, mind meld, which I'm yes. doing with the folks at home. Um, when <laughs> he, reminds you. whatever he lowers his voice, <laughs> he sounds so much like Nimoy. Oh my God, I love it. It makes me so happy. This guy... What I would have wanted and what I would have said had I been the director, like they ever would have let me direct, uh, I would have said, go study that body language. I, you have to look like Kirk when he walks into a room. And Shatner knew how to own the room physically whenever he walked in. It wasn't simply swashbuckling. That is in there. But there's also this sense of like, I am the man. And yeah, okay, you can argue that maybe he's not there yet as a character, but show me something that looks like that extremely, I'm going to use the word cocksure. No, <laughs> it's a word that sounds right, but it's not. Like tidbits. Continue. It's <laughs> <laughs> a family like show after all. Yeah, it's a family show. <laughs> Joe Townsville has tidbits, ladies and gentlemen. He pulls them out now and again, and it makes the show a thousand times better. Well, uh, thank true. you, sir. It's true. But, let me, let, me, I'm just let gonna, me adjust them right now. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to tighten the bow on this and just say he could have done more work. Yeah. Uh, th this actor, let me tell you his name, and um, Paul Wesley. Mm -hmm. And I understand he's done TV work before, so he's not a newcomer. Come on, man. Where's the quality to your work? Come on. It's one of those things where, as someone with, with no skin in the game, and I always go back to that because I can't say I'm a brand new fan anymore. We're working on three years, three and a half years as I've been in the Starship universe. That as someone who's watched TOS and watched this episode, I do recognize there is a disconnect. And, and it's kind of hard because this character is not supposed to be an alternate universe. It's supposed to lead into the TOS version of Kirk we love so much. But the one thing that I guess was like the the lost in translation thing is it's not so much that kirk works by shoot of the hip that to me is universal but i felt like the kirk from tos is someone that was still confide in other people in the ship and then go no we're doing this this guy had ideas all on his own and was like oh we're doing this how do you know i don't know i'm kirk and that, that to me was like well that's why i thought and maybe because you were saying this too with with the the original pike that Pike tends to ask his crew and then make his decision. And I thought the difference between Pike and Kirk was that the, what the result was. But I Absolutely. really felt that it was a bit of a different there. And I thought it was just me, but it seems that you guys feel the same way. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and definitely um, Chris Pine, you know, channeled the Shatner mannerisms pretty much right away and did it. It's done a much better job of it. Thus Agreed. Yeah. Oh, um, snap. Chris Pine. Shout out to Kelvin Universe, y'all. Yeah, but uh, whereas I, I personally prefer barely, but Ethan Peck over Zachary Quinto at this point for similar reasons oh, yeah. that John. Oh, Brady. Ethan Peck is the best. Is, is the best Spec. I love Spec. Spec is. Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> totally down with Spec. Spec is the man for me. Absolutely. So let's talk about something that was a kind of a boogeyman. That's these Romlins, y'all. Uh, by the mm. time we've gotten to this, or you guys got into it, we've seen Romlins before. They were part of plot point for a lot of these movies and TV shows, but in this universe, they're kind of not seen. Joe, let me start with you. Romlins, the way they're interpreted, the way there's some nuance in there was a little bit different, a little bit refreshing. What's your thoughts about that? Well, and I, I'll ask you, I answer your question by answering you one, uh, Phoebe. Have you seen Balance of Terror? I don't think I have. No. Okay, so yeah, check that when you have a chance because that'll that'll fill in some of these blanks for you, I think. But to answer your question, from my perspective, I think they did an excellent job recreating these because they're, they're the same characters, obviously, as we saw in that old episode. Um, same same uh, sensibilities of the of the commander, the running commander. Some nice twist on making the same things happen a little bit differently in this alternate timeline. But yeah, I mean, um, I was kind of concerned that they were going to blow it. And show us Romulans too soon in the in the real timeline, and then violate that which continuity. They almost did in Enterprise. Exactly. Yeah, they almost ago. did there. And again, you get, can you let me timeline. know about that? Why, why is that an issue? Why is showing Romulans too early a bad thing? I'm just curious. Well, because in the in the continuity, and we saw this, uh, heard this in more detail in Balance of Terror. Um, even though they've been they've been fighting a you know a hot and a cold war over the course of a century. They never actually have seen Romulans. That's why we're so shocked when it turns out, oh my God, they look like Spock. What's oh. up? Huge deal. Huge deal. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I always knew of, that. Yeah. Okay. Right? Right. Because there was always a lot of racism that was unspoken around Spock right. in the original series. And a lot of it was spoken. You green-blooded hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> but just like Erica on uh, the deck of the enterprise on the bridge of the enterprise is like, we got to get these, we got to get these Romulans. We got to get these Romulans that happened in balance of terror too, with another helmsman, Lieutenant styles. And that moment of wow. wait, looking at Spock, looking at the Romulans, mm -hmm. looking at Spock, looking at the Romulans, that moment happened too. Yes. And, and so um, there it's a big moment. Uh, in the history of Star Trek that we realize that Vulcans and Romulans are actually the same basic people. Right. And we well, also do get a peek at what happens in the future, which is that Spock becomes the guy who, who reunites them. Reunification. Yes. Yeah. And that was in the, what's it called? Part three, the one that Discovery did the, with, the, with the Spock uh, tapes, right? Where he tries to advocate for peace between the two halves that basically was a framework for Navarre. Okay, maybe right. I'm just right, right. No, no, no. no, no that was, uh, they, they called it Unification generation. Three. Yeah, yes, it is Unification was... Three. That's what it is. It was Discovery. Yeah. It was a Discovery episode. Okay, I know stuff. Harder in TNG. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know stuff. That's right. That's right. Yes. So uh, about about this Romulan thing, John. Let me ask you this: while I have you on the big screen, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's I can't call it a big bad because we're episodic. But right. this one seems like it was going to be a bigger thing. Pike, in his quest to maintain, to save himself and others, inadvertently started a war with this Romulan class. Um, was that the right call? 
do you think? Do you think that'd be the right people to use? I know we talked about how it was cool to see that, but would you want to see another alien people there or going back to the Romulan notebook or something adds a little more depth to this universe? I I think there are probably, and, and tell me, Joe, how you feel. I think there are old-time fans like us who want to know what anything from the original series looks like through the Strange New Worlds lens. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there was always a part of me that was like, come on, you got to bring some Romulans into this. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. And Romulans are such great characters throughout the movies and throughout Next Generation. And, uh, you know, because of the Romulans, they brought back Tasha Yar. Well, Denise Crosby, anyway. Hey, now. Yep. <laughs> and and it's it's uh, it really is a heartbeat uh, within the, you know, the living, breathing body of Star Trek to have Romulans. So I was super happy. And also it was one of those like, well, this is an alternative reality. So we can show you the Romulans, even though no one's supposed to see them for what is it at this point, Joe, like nine or 10 years. Well, no, in this, in this alternate reality, that's simultaneous with what will happen with Kirk in bounce of terror. Oh, I see. So the same events are unfolding, but with Pike in command instead of Kirk. Right, right, and it was seven years ahead, if I remember. Seven correctly. years, yeah, seven years from from the the, the present in Strange New Worlds. Right? Wow, look at that! Imagine if I was actually a true fan that watched everything ever, I would probably be more in tune to this. It's fine. This okay. is what's so exciting, well, well, they, though. They, they you didn't mention in this episode, so just. I okay. mean, no, but what's exciting about this is you can you can enjoy it on different levels. And I know yeah, I'm going to rewatch this episode at some point, and I'm going to enjoy all kinds of things in it that I didn't catch the first time around. So you know, it's very Star Trek. Yeah, and it's very it's 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 interesting. You mentioned the return of Tasha Yar in their alternate. That would be an alternate reality because the future was changed, not just a you know make believe. But yeah, the the, the uh, similarities to me, which are good similarities to yesterday's Enterprise, are top notch. Mm. And as a matter of fact, if I can just put, put this in just briefly, um, John, you made a comment at the top of the show about maybe you would have selected Bounce of Terror for your last Starbase 80. Yeah. But you know what? City on the Edge of Forever, I think there's a parallel to that episode too in this one. Oh, really? Go on. How do well, you see that, Mr. Townsell? Let, let me put on my analytical cap here. No, it's, it's <laughs> you not. take it off? Not, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I never take it off. No, basically, I think you have um, alternate Pike playing the Edith Keeler role in this episode. He had the right idea. He wanted to do it diplomatically, but like Edith Keeler, it was not the thing to do at that point in history. And look at, and look at, unfortunately, the results. Right. Right. Uh, And just like that moment where it's like Edith Keeler must die. And that's actually repeated in that episode. mm -hmm. You know, these kids, the, the two kids must die. And Pike must, as far as we know, where we are right now, Pike must go through that horrible accident that puts exactly. him in that wheelchair in uh, the, the cage. Because otherwise, you know, in addition to everything else that comes years after that point that future Pike describes, I mean, you know, how, how do you how would you feel if by saving yourself, you gave one of your uh, closest uh, you know, comrades the same affliction? There's poor Spock. He's going to end up in the beep beep chair, it looks like. 
or something. I'll be similar. fine. I'll take a nice little. No problem. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nurse Travel's having a bad day about that. But here's a comment yeah. from Stress Free Trey. They write, "Howdy, y'all. Uh, Memento Mori gave me more of the balance of terror suspense in this episode, oh, even though they're matching blocking shots side by side." Oh That's wow! I didn't notice that. That's a Gotta hot take. That. John, what's up with that, baby? Uh, no, uh, well, that's kind of cool from Professor VK, but the question I have is, yeah. is stance. Having the alternate fate, I guess, with Spock mm. being the one damage, not being able to recover from this. Yeah. If you're Pike, I mean, there's got to be a bit of self-preservation there. Not saying screw Spock, mm. but, like, you're fine. You can go ride the horses back in the wilderness, right? You always have to question what your role is. This is just a life thing. What is my role? And I was having a conversation with some friends uh, from college, and we were talking about this one friend of ours who just seems to hate all of us now. And, and I was like, was it because of this? Did I say that? Did I say this? And my buddy was like, you have to understand, you don't see him the way he wants to be seen. He is so ready to live out the dreams that he had in his 20s and almost ev everybody else in this group of friends we're in our 50s now and we gave up those dreams but this guy gets really mad when you tell him that his dreams aren't going to come true and he's not here right now but i will tell you his dreams are not going to come true oh he's man. in his 50s he Damn. thinks he's going to be a rock star it is there's no way that's happening um and, and how do you know this? Because there's no future <laughs> captain to come and tell him anything. <laughs> right. No crime crystals. And so you've got to figure out what is your role. If you, if I'm when, when you're 20 years old, I think you have every right in the world to think you're going to be a superstar. But, but as you get older and you realize, no, other people have to succeed for things to get better. Sometimes you have to fail for things to get better. Um, that's what we're dealing with with Pike here. He knows he can't sneak out the back door. He can't yeah. tell the kids don't show up that day, which of course is the first thing I thought when you know we went through this whole thing of him going, well, well how am I going to prevent this accident? And mm -hmm. the first thing is like, just have class outside that day. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Watch a movie. Hey everybody, bring in the VCR. Let's let's watch. You know that, uh, that giant TV with a little VCR on it. What I call the Holdick episodes. Just wheel it in. Well, you know it's probably in the back of um, Pike's mind. He says, "Okay, I gotta basically um, avoid the accident and not go back to the Enterprise when I, once I do." <laughs> so that'll create some other third disaster. So keep shuffling the cards, man. Keep shuffling yeah. the cards, and maybe we'll get a hand that doesn't get you killed. Totally yeah. a, a personal question because you're a genius. Joe Towns, let me ask you this. Uh, you have the, the idea of what Kirk was and what Pike was. And we had a chance a whole season to develop the kind of commanding style Pike was. Dealing with the Romulans in this episode, we're trying to find that two-hour ceasefire and what Kirk decides to do with having the armada. Uh, was that faithful to both captains or was that a little bit of a dramatic liberty? What would you do in that situation? Well, based solely on season one of Strange New Worlds, which is all we've got, really, except for the cage, um, I, th I, I didn't see anything um, out of character or un unrealistic there. Um, I, again, I think it's kind of like, you know, Pike's method at that moment was to try the diplomacy. Didn't work. 
Boom. If it had, he would it would have been a lot better, obviously. And Kirk is always a man of action, always has been, especially in those in the old days. Yeah. So I thought that was a a, a great plot point, bringing in the drones to um, give the uh, Romulans cannon fodder, and it almost worked. You know. Let Let me pull another reference, uh, Flobo, that you will recognize from uh, Discovery, Hopefully. and that is Kobayashi Maru. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kirk beat that, didn't he? He did. He did. So no I problem. feel like I feel like what this Kirk is is more of that Kirk. He's more okay. the uh, they keep telling us, you know, he does things his own way. He he doesn't think like everybody else, which is interesting how different that is from uh, crowdsourcing opinions and and expertise the way Pike does. Yeah, On the cowboy other hand, diplomacy. Cowboy diplomacy. There you That's go. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that is the Kirk they're using. And that's great. I'm Wait, I yeah, let no me challenge you on that. If he's a man of action and you like action. Why is that you why does that make you go meh? The meh. Kirk that I know is a confrontational Kirk. Now, granted, he's given no room to be confrontational at all because Captain Pike is the guy running this operation. And Captain Pike is the guy saying, look, you do you want more war or do you want to have less war? I can de-escalate. What can you do besides escalate? And so this is what Kirk does. He goes, you know what? I bet if we have a show of force with all of these mining ships that look enough like they could be battleships, maybe we've got something going here against this overwhelming, and I got to admit, uh, my stomach dropped when I saw all those Romulan ships show up. That <laughs> yeah. was scary. Right. That was a Kobayashi Maru. That's straight up Tex Avery, like that go. Yeah, yeah. Joe Townsend, man, same question. We had a, a bit of a conflicting philosophies between these two men, and and we we're learning more about what Pike was because, again, my first instance of Pike. Uh, for me, was the Kelvin universe and Bruce Greenwood. All due respect, was kind of a pushover. He was a, he was a lame-o. <laughs> so seeing uh, Anson Mount approach it as Pike, seeing Kirk doing it with the mind, uh, with the uh, mind drones, two different philosophies working in tandem to a common goal. Obviously, it didn't really work out for them. But the question I have for you was: Was did any of those beats work for you, or did not work for you? No, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go on record right now saying I really have only one. Um, negative for this episode which i'll mention later uh, and that's do it now tell me the yeah, negatives oh, the dopey yeah, yeah, it is. The what you hate songs yeah. i don't hate songs but come on i don't want to you got faith of the heart that's enough you don't need no. to <laughs> yeah usually else. when i say faith of the heart they always say enough yeah, I, I get that <laughs> <laughs> well, no, enough yeah. <laughs> no but what i mean it? as far as this uh, the plot point I, th I think it was handled very well um again there's so much potential there to stumble and to make it hackneyed and and you know just ridiculous but i think the meshing of the two styles um worked really well i mean even back in the cage we you know we had a bunch of brash young ensigns telling pike um captain let's do this no let's do this let's let's kick their ass and he said okay chill you know mm -hmm. chill out bro uh, chill out we're gonna handle it this way and it, it ultimately worked out so i don't i don't fault pike at all in the uh alternate reality as far as the way it went Again, Edith Keeler style, it was just the wrong thing to try in this situation. But as far as Kirk and Pike working well together, especially 
preceding it by not an, a heavy handed. Yeah. But the fact that he had a, a, you know, kind of a skepticism about Kirk from the beginning. How'd you feel about the Praetor uh, sacrificing one of their own that wasn't working in compliance? Was that totally on brand for you as well? It was. And I'll tell you why, because basically what we've got is an alternate reality equivalent of what happened in Bounce of Terror, where the same sub, where the same commander chose to, in imminent defeat, chose to self-destruct his ship. Oh, I should probably research that. I'm a really bad journalist, John. Let me. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I'd known. If I had known this this episode was going to mirror Balance of Terror, we would have watched it. It is a classic. It is a must see episode. Of you know what, John? Do a suggestion. Do that for the fact. Do it Sunday and push back um, Far Beyond the Stars. We could. We could. Yeah. That would. That would throw for those off who, my schedule. For those of you who don't know, those who listen to the camera as well, thank you so much on the audio version. This is actually the sister show to Starbase 80, where we kind of flip the roles where John subjects me to things, including holiday episodes and Tashi R episodes, as we get through the bus things about Star Trek. That's available every Sunday at Weber Internet Thingy. Not sure if John's going to do it. I haven't done this week's homework, so now will be the time if you were to change that idea. But let me know. You, have, that's the case. you have not done this week's homework? I was out of town this couple of days, so I just got back in here today. So we're we're gonna watch Balance of Terror for uh, this coming Sunday. We will oh. move. We will move far beyond the stars, which is an amazing episode. But we, it'll always be amazing. So, you took my suggestion. Of look course. at that, Joe, Joe Townsville. <laughs> proof the system works. I have no idea what we're gonna watch. Townsville's I don't know what a like genius. <laughs> we just eat crumbs off his table. Townsville's a is really the the gold standard. I'm well, I, I, I make so many um, predictions and analyses that kind of fall flat, which is typical in fandom. It's always yeah. nice to have one that, that, that lands. So thank you guys. Uh, <laughs> All right, there, genius. You, uh, riddle me this: your yes, thoughts this season. One of my many gripes, small gripes, on Strange New Worlds is kind of like the use or misuse of Una Chin Riley. But it turns out she had the last scene being imprisoned for just being herself bro <laughs> thoughts about that well initial thoughts when i first saw it were and i always I always tend to go back to other episodes but for comparison we had in the enterprise we had the season-long zindi arc and when that's resolved in the last episode we tacked on this cliffhanger mm. which was mm. like okay you know and i don't this wasn't a proven over that only in the sense that it wasn't a cliffhanger it was a tease yeah. And, you know, so we're not sitting there, oh my God, what happens next? You know, you know, Mr. War fired and some of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to learn more about what happens. Obviously, she, she's going to come out of it. Will she? Yes. I mean, yeah. it, it's, um, there is a tension to, uh, to Una, the number one, to Una, mm -hmm. the first officer. There is a constant tension of, you know, and I guess Flobo, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're one of your biggest problems is what does she do? Yes, what does she do? <laughs> what is she I'm there? When I'm offended. <laughs> and and really, I don't think it's unusual in the military to have redundant officers, um, because you do need to have like the captain goes to sleep sometimes. So who's the captain then? It's usually number one. Um, and we've had this conversation, Joe, you and I, lots of times, um, with the other fellas, which is somebody's got to make the work schedules and somebody's got to figure out who gets, you know, who's covering who for vacations. And, mm -hmm. 
you know, this is this is not a lot of paperwork that uh, gets dumped on a captain. A captain's an executive. He's got other people to do this stuff for him. So just like Riker was doing it for Captain Picard, right. Una does it for Pike. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, we did bring that up before in, in conversation. And you know, Roddenberry, when in creating the TNG characters, attempted to address some fan quibbles that, you know, why are you always sending the captain down in dangerous situations? So they, but how long did that last with Picard? Like a season? Yeah. Because that's, in, in reality, that's your series star. That's who's driving the events of the story more than anybody else, usually. Right. And so I'm just happy to, to note that off camera, Una's doing her paperwork. She's, you know, she's doing her, drud her drudgery. I think it might be more effective if they just had her at the helm like she did they had in the cage. But then, then she'd have a role. Argue. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't argue with that at all. I mean, she could be on the ship, but I uh, on the bridge. But I do think they're trying to tell us it's a big ship. There's, you know, there's a 24-7, 365, every four years, 366 mm -hmm. kind of a deal. So, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. But now that we've got this controversy, maybe that'll jumpstart this whole thing. And and Flobo, maybe you'll end season two actually really liking that Una is there. Gotta give me a touch your relatives. Trust Free K says it's kind of bizarre that Lower Decks finale ends with their captain, Captain Freeman, being arrested. And now Strange New Worlds puts Una in leg irons as the season ends. Well, you know what? Pike is sorry. Pike is sorry, and so and so and so being able to watch his girlfriend arrest his uh, number one. Uh <laughs> Uh, that's kind of awkward, right? Uh, oh, oh, that whole girlfriend thing was so awkward. Like, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. They had right. to bring his booty call in to do it, really? Oh, what? Oh, my goodness, John. That's a booty call. You, you my friend, are a spicy captain. That's a two-way <laughs> booty call. That's a booty call for both of them. Come on, man. They're not. Am I, am I the only one that doesn't really care for this actress who plays his girlfriend? <laughs> Apparently, what? No, what is no, wrong with Pike needs some loving, y'all, and she's no, no. really sorry. No, I want to see like Pike. a Janice Rand type in that role. Come on, yeah, get me a Janice Rand. You know what? There should be a cult. You know, there should be a cult. That's you a, guys that's are saying. you guys are terrible. I mean, yes. who am I to get in the way of love? <laughs> you know what I do love? It sounds like it's the voice of Scotty. Uh, John. Yes. Is Scotty in the engineering room? It's so funny. I never do this. I did some Googling while I was watching. I never Bing, do Bing is superior, but continue. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I should have used it because I didn't find anything that helped at all. Everything that I found was like, no. <laughs> Come oh, no. on. Is Scotty, is Scotty joining the show? No. Can't tell oh, you. Damn yeah. it. Wink, wink. Yeah, and and there might be a wink, wink to it. Uh, all I'm getting is is this. Uh, it's like, uh, do you remember the Gilly sketch from Saturday Night Live? Gilly, sorry, that's yeah. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they they're introducing Scotty, and he never comes on camera, and he never identifies himself. Sorry, <laughs> just well, a tease. There, that's all it was. What about just you, Joe? Th thoughts about that? Well, you know, I th again. Um, we are in an alternate timeline here, but the I best. do. I can tell you that on the original oh, show, series that Scotty was in place in his role, or at least a lesser role in engineering. You know, either shortly before or shortly after Kirk came on and took command. So it would make it would certainly make sense that seven years in any future 
of where we are in Strange New Worlds now, Scotty's going to be there. Now, I mean, whether that, he comes on, where he yeah. comes on the present time immediately is 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 in question. Yeah, no that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it yeah. it could it's sort of a Schrodinger's cat, you know, like yeah. when we join uh, uh, Captain Kirk on the ship, who has preceded him? Who you know, he was the new guy for some people. Right. Uh, clearly, Spock is one of them because Spock has all this history with Pike on the Enterprise. So yeah, Montgomery Scott should be uh somewhere in the seven years and isn't that interesting too classically a star trek series lasts seven years hmm the <laughs> enterprise uh, uh except for enterprise just for uk says uh you would think that uh captain battelle or commander battelle at least i think in this one she would give pike a heads up that she's on her way to arrest her first officer as a professional courtesy at least it was kind of like surprise with a trucker we're taking one of your first officers uh not the way you do business that right joe right exactly and um it does raise the question in the alternate timeline that seven years in from the present day why hasn't pike been able to get her out of prison he seems a lot more determined at the end of the episode when he's back to his regular uh, time frame to do it so maybe the effects of experiencing that um alternate reality kind of you know little fired under, under his butt for a couple of different things and that being one of them yeah i that makes sense you know forewarned is forearmed there is a little more i got that from thor comics by the way oh wow <laughs> wow I read that when I was like 12 years old, and I was like, that is going to be one of those things I'll always remember. Forewarned. forewarned. <laughs> I believe the ice giants say it to each other. Shut anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would make sense to me that because he knows she could end up in the clink for at least seven years, like mm -hmm. this is much more important than let's just let it, let's just let Starfleet figure it out. Like, no, that's not an option. She'll, she'll die in prison. If, right. if that's what they choose to do. So I like that. It's it's a ticking time bomb, something important for season two. Exactly. My feelings exactly. Favorite line of the week for me comes from Spock when he goes, uh, savage, even by human standards. <laughs> it's always ah, fun. Ah, How Spock is so ah, casually racist. Ah, uh, <laughs> Joe, as we wind this down, uh, this is really your news and notes. I mean, you watch all these episodes of pretty much anything Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, had their first entry in the first volume. Anything else that popped out to you this week that you wanted to share? Well, in addition to your quote of the week, I do uh, want to, in addition to John's comments about um, Ethan Peck's performance as Spock, Look for the same shot in Balance of Terror when they first the Romans are first revealed. And I don't know if I can do it myself, but there's there's Spock raising that one eyebrow in both episodes. That eyebrow was oh my god. That <laughs> eyebrow to me was like fireworks went off. Yeah. That was such a great eyebrow raise. That Man, I, I got a feeling I want to watch it and be like, boring. I don't get it. But that's just the, that's because I'm a young boy. It doesn't anything that's I, you know what it is. Honestly, though, uh, whenever we go back and watch TOS episodes, uh, it's the quality of Nimoy's work is spectacular. He mm. was just so good. I mean, I'll always say, oh, no, uh, Shatner was good. But, I mean, Shatner could be really silly. He could do some really, like, funny, you know, goofy-ass, like, whoa, what? Like, some real comedy stuff. Um the 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 way that Nimoy sort of vacillated uh, from here to there was a little tighter, a little more um, 
uh, disciplined, which makes sense because Spock is a disciplined being. Um, but there's also uh, a lot of sort of deep down emotion that just can't help but come out. And though Spock, uh, Nimoy was good with that, Ethan Peck is amazing with that. Mm. Yeah. And, and there's always like a nice moment in, especially in the mo yeah. more recent episodes where something comes through and I, yeah. what a great actor to be able to do that. Yeah. I have a few more uh, on my notes that are brief, if um, just to wrap it up on my end, but I thought it was really cool. when they get in the alternate reality where the married couple, the bride dies this time and not the groom. Cause that's what happened oh. in balance of terror flow. But I'm just oh, going to tell you everything about that episode. So Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I loved I love the um, original series music appearing at the Romney reveal, although it almost went over the top. Yes. Suddenly it's just there. You know, yes. and, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, that's the original music. Wow. They're really uh, hammering cool. it. <laughs> and I got to tell you, though, know, John, you did mention this. I remember maybe it was Flobo, but I have to comment on Chapel's heartbreak. You know, yeah. she sees what's going to happen to Spock. And did you guys notice that she was wearing a little bit closer to the uniform where she's a singer and she had she had a blue coverall not a white one true she did she did she did yeah. does that, that mean she's part of starfleet at this point because she, uh, i would she's assume been so a, oh wow so she well, again we're in the alternate future you know right so all right. bets are off but yeah so just night again I, I love the attention to detail nothing smacked as far as being fake or contrived mm -hmm. i think we really ended the season on a high note to say the least. Uh, the one Easter egg I'll pull uh, is uh, when we see Uhura in the uh, alternative timeline uniform. It's got that um, plunging neckline mm -hmm. over to the side, right. which uh, comes up now and again in Star Trek, most famously on Counselor Troy in uh, Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Let me get started about that. I feel like someone was like, how could we get our uniform tighter? I'm like, bro, you can't <laughs> breathe. Every time some kind of like, and then, then ultimately, here. Troy looked best in a standard Starfleet uniform. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, man, man, there's some airflow in there. Uh, <laughs> Captain, we're at the end of our journey this week. But uh, before we get out of here, I got two questions for you. One, it's kind of a, a softball question. What do you want to see next season? But two, and more importantly, are fates inescapable? So maybe one can go to the other. Um, you know, what I want to see next season, I do want to see a lot more Una. So I hope that's what this, mm. this you know, uh, little sort of cliffhanger uh, of her being arrested and hauled off in chains. Um, you know, I, I really want to see Una kind of come into her own. I've, I've really learned to appreciate everything about the character. Um, and yeah, I, as far as, uh, I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? Are I'm fates just... inescapable? Is Pike going to be in the box? Oh, no wonder my brain didn't want to remember that. Uh, I believe that the sort of timeline chronology, uh, you know, time travel rules and all of that, that we're going by right now in Strange New Worlds is tied to you can't change a fate. A fate is a fate. Until it's not. <laughs> That's where I think they're taking us. They, they'll be, I honestly believe that Pike will be able to beat this, that Pike is not uh, doomed to be in that chair, in the, the beep beep chair. I believe you called it Mr. Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, Joe, what do you think? Uh, I'll throw it at you. Well, I, I agree with you now. I'll put it this way. 
Um, I do respect the writers of, uh, you know, for this episode of not resolving the issue too quickly or at all, but actually digging the hole deeper. Yeah. And so if they, if they somehow manage to save Pike, they better get out of that hole effectively, dramatically, satisfyingly. And if they they can't do that, then they got to leave it as it is because otherwise it's just going to be a cheat. Yeah. But I have faith. I have faith at the heart that they can do that. Of the heart. <laughs> You're gonna get a copyright claim. No, it's gonna happen. If I'm gonna cipher my terrible singing voice as the actual song, I'm actually be proud of it. Like, yeah, I nailed it. Holy cow, 72 countries can't hear it because I sing so well. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. If I can answer your question about what I want to see more, you want to see in season two, two simple words. Remember Chuck Woolery, two and two. Yeah, more Pike. I mean, more Spock. I mean, what? More episodes. Oh. Damn it. Damn it. Now, you know Joe's worked up. I've never <laughs> heard I mean, Joe's I, it's probably a pipe dream, episode. but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we if we saw a bump up next time to maybe 12, 13 to 15. I mean, that'd be cool. Budget, Either that man. or just bring it back sooner. Yeah, uh, exactly. I don't know at what point. I mean, supposedly, I think you might know this a little bit better, Joe. Uh, supposedly, uh, season two is already in the can. It's, yes. It's in the process of post-production right now. Mm-hmm. But do we have any idea? I think it's coming back next year, but is it coming back early 2023? Have you? I don't know. I mean, I'm only putting things together as, as you read them myself. But yeah. I'm going to also speak to the Paramount Plus um, method. They want to do Trek series back to back to back to keep you oh, sure. subscribing all year long. So I don't see it running concurrently, but I don't know when the other the animated shows are ending either. They, I think they're kind of coming up. I mean, now, so yeah, maybe, so maybe we'll see an end of the year or maybe beginning of the year for season two here. I hope. I so. would yeah. assume if, if I'm Paramount Plus, we'll have lower decks now, Prodigy after that in the fall, then going into Discovery in the, in the winter time, like November, December, and then maybe Picard season two. Basically, a retread. So basically, this time next year, I would say. Yeah, probably they'll probably be a year apart, unfortunately. But let's maybe they'll give us more. Who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of seeing that in what I look at. Uh, the director of this episode, Chris Fisher, has uh, he said on um, was it on Instagram? He said, "See you in a year," basically. Yeah. So uh, people are thinking, well, that might mean the first half of 2023, but it might literally mean the second half of 2023. Where am I like this here? But, uh, well, I've got to say, we're at the end of our road. So thank you so much for tuning in to Commander's Log. As we went through 10 episodes of Strange New World, that means a bit of a hiatus for us. We might do a special here and there for Lower Deck or something like that. But as far as the weekly content, we're taking a bit of a break. I know, it sucks. But that doesn't mean you can't be deprived of Flopito and John. We have the Starbase 80 program and more stuff coming out of the pipe. Before we wrap this all up, Gotta give a shout out to Joe Townsend, the man himself, making sure he came on the Shuttlecraft on the show this week. Joe, let me ask you a question. If I want to connect with you and give you all the monies for all the books, how I go about doing that? Well, you got one good method staring you in the face right now beneath my, um, you know, the the plug beneath my mug, as I'll put it. JoeTownsend.com <laughs> is always a great way to do it. That's where you can find links to everything. My book, my books for sale, my uh, web appearances I do with you guys, which I enjoy so much. Um, amazon.com and I will um, plug this I mentioned to Flobo before we started don't forget um, among the books that I'm talking about books that Flobo's talking about 
anticipation among others on sale. We're both in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and there we, was a time where we thought we were both authors, but Joe is, and I'm not. And the anticipation <laughs> was a collaboration project with some friends. So make sure you pick up a copy available now on Amazon. And oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to go on here saying Fobo real quick that uh, I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but I am, I am writing a new one based on my recent experiences uh, in health and a big, a big inspiration of my approach to that is graduation day. So thank you. Oh, oh wow. Cause I was going to retire for that. Great. great. <laughs> You'd better not. You'd better keep writing. Oh my God. You're a great writer. It was called graduation. That'll be my last book ever, but it turns out it's my most popular book ever. So now I'm all torn. Ah, post-grad. Come on. <laughs> graduation day. Uh, You've done that. Me. You can write yeah. that. You've done that. I have though. It's true. Uh, thank you so much. That means actually means a lot to me, Captain. Yeah, uh, top that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I can <laughs> top that because I'm gonna remind people about the Flobo Boys Patreon. Oh, you, no. you gotta become part of the boisterous crew. Come join me. Come join all the other boisterous crew. We we love following flobito you gotta do it too well yeah i gotta be tearing up and blushing which is kind of uh feet considering my skin color but starbase 80s this sunday at 11 a.m our sister show over at the Wiver internet thingy make sure you check around for that i guess i got lots of terror this week balance of terror it's, it's now official we gotta do that gotta keep the homework. but joe since you're our guest you gotta do the honors as we get out of here say those magic words Everyone in webcast land, live long and prosper. <laughs>